Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. Let's go to someplace. New York City? Oh, yeah. Where does it... Mm-hmm. Where does it start out? Gotta... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it starts in I don't know USA. Uh, yeah. Big city USA. Maybe New York City. Um, I'm thinking. Okay. Well, it could be Chicago. Could be Chicago. Could be Philadelphia. The Bears. Could be Philadelphia. It's could be. It's America. It is. It's how we want to make America great again. Well, okay. So I, listeners, happen to pick the movie Holiday Inn because I'd never seen it. I've always watched White Christmas. That's what this podcast is, Ma. It's these movies that most of the time we've always heard about and we've never seen them. And have been overlooked and... So we're bringing your awareness right. today. People have tons of things to watch. You got your Amazon Prime, your Hulu's, your Netflixes. You only you got you know you only have so much time. So you can't exactly. watch a movie when you're in the car or when you're at work, and you want to know what this is about. We're gonna tell you what it's about. You can listen to us and save yourself the hour forty two minutes. Exactly. And, and maybe what we say will will pique your interest and you'll want to actually watch it. Yeah, sometimes we're like, hey, guys, come back when you've seen this. You know, the third man mm-hmm. comes to mind. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes we're like, well, this is a great movie, guys. Stop what you're doing. Make time for this. Sometimes we don't. Not this week. <laughs> okay, so Erin's going to give us the particulars. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It, it, it requires a lot of gin to watch this movie. Gotta be honest, people. I <laughs> ran out of my gin during this film. So I had to I had to make a trip. I had to re-up to do this podcast. The particulars. Holiday Inn, 1942. I believe it was... 1942. A- Pay attention to that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> But okay, 1942. Um, it was Paramount Pictures, correct? I don't even know. It was Paramount Pic- because the Universal we rented it from. We rented it from iTunes, even though it's on Amazon Prime right now. Is it really? I paid. Money you for paid that? money. I looked last week. But hey, remember, we're excited to see it. We haven't seen... Well, no, you're excited to see it. You haven't seen it before. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. 1940... Because the Universal Studios logo comes on, and I'm going to Universal Studios. All this is going to become clear. But you just said Paramount. No, because I got... I was like, ah! And then the Paramount logo came on, and I was like, ah. So Paramount. Universal probably bought the rights to... To the library or something. They remastered it, maybe. I don't know. Business, man. Business. Okay. Okay. It's directed by Mark Sandrich. Mark Sandrich. Um, He also directed Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers movies, including The Gay Divorcee, Top Hat, Follow the Fleet, and... A movie with Katherine Hepburn called A Woman Rebels or Woman Rebels. Follow the Fleet? Oh, that's what I wrote. And I'm guessing it probably was. 
follow the well, fleet. Well, I'm just saying after the gay divorcee, uh, maybe somebody is following the fleet. But Top, move on. You forgot about Top Hat. Okay. Um, he, You know, this dude, Sandrich, he directed so many movies. This guy was cranking them out. Died real young of a heart attack at the age of 44. Maybe should have taken some breaks. Screenplay by Claude Binion. He also wrote If I Had a Million, The Gilded Lily, and Sing Your si- Sing You Sinners. Ooh. Damn. <laughs> Sing Damn. You Sinners. Huh. I'm sure that's a great movie. Um, the story and music are by one Irving Berlin. This guy. I believe Academy Award winning. Of course, he won Academy Award for this movie. Um, he wrote a little ditty, maybe you've heard of it, called White Christmas. Um, he also wrote Alexander's Ragtime Band. He also wrote Putting on the Ritz. Anything he, you can... What? He also wrote some real duds in this movie. Hey, they all can't be great, but listen to the, listen to the ones that he did write. Okay, let's go to the positive. He wrote White Christmas. He wrote Alexander... Ragtime band. He wrote "Putting on the Ritz." He wrote "Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better." I mean, every sibling knows that song. (laughs) He wrote "There's No Business Like Show Business." Okay, and he wrote what honestly should be America's national anthem: "God Bless America." I don't think God's blessing us right now, but okay. The director of photography is Dave Abel, Abel. Um, Wikipedia had no information on him. It was edited by Ellsworth Hoagland. He, Ellsworth needed to do a little more editing. <laughs> e, ma. <laughs> go you're, ahead. You're go so, out. Go you're, <laughs> we're coming at this from your point of view, how you watch the movie. Okay, okay. Um, he also edited One Sunday Afternoon. Here Comes the Waves. He won an Emmy for editing Bonanza. (gasps) No, that wasn't Bonanza. That was the Big Valley. Sorry. And he also edited The Country Girl, which we have to see because The Country Girl keeps popping up. The Country Girl and that Nico Chita. Yes, that's going to be January. Yeah, they always pop up. All right, so let's get to who this flick is starring. Okay. We know that it's starring Bing Crosby. He won an Oscar for Going My Way. He was also in the Road 2 movies with Bob Hope. He was in White Christmas. He was in High Society. And he was also in The Country Girl. Okay. All right. Also starring one Fred Astaire. And I didn't know that. I knew Bing Crosby was in this, but... When I saw Fred Astaire's in it. Now, I know Fred Astaire is a dancer, but honestly, I was introduced to Fred Astaire like when he was dancing with a vacuum cleaner. That's the first time I got to see him. So I was very excited to see Fred Astaire. I mean, he's a good dancer. He's he's like, uh, I know Gene Kelly, but everybody's always like Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers. So I'm like, all right, Fred Astaire, let me see what you're all about. Fred Astaire was also in 
the gay divorcee, top hat, Easter parade, and funny face. And, you mm-hmm. know, he's like for fucking a stare. So mm-hmm. he's in like tons mm-hmm. of stuff. He, he even had a sh- an old show at some point. You, you'd seen him just dancing. Mordry Reynolds plays Linda Mason. No relation. It's her character's <laughs> name. The James Mason. Um, she was also in Dixie Ministry I'm of sure Fear. <laughs> Star Spangled Rhythm. And she was in tons of TV. This woman worked a lot. And I did I don't remember ever seeing her. Nah, but she was just like her her uh filmography is just like lots of movies I've never heard of. But lots. Okay. Well I'm glad that she was able to make a living. Hey, you know, she's blonde. Oh, were there any brunettes in this film? I don't um, think so. I don't who- think there was ne'er one. Anyway, closed. <laughs> Virginia Dale, she played Lila Dixon. She was also in No Time to Marry, Death of a Champion, and Buck Benny Rides Again. Mm-hmm. We have Walter Abel as Danny Reed. He was also in Fury, So Proudly We Hail, and Rain Tree County, among other films. And we have Louise Beavers. She played Mammy. She was actually in this movie. She was called Mamie, like Mamie Eisenhower. Okay. All right. Just a disclaimer. Mamie, because. All right. Yeah. But okay. Right. Every everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was also in Coquette. What price Hollywood? She was uncredited in 42nd Street. She was in I Dream of Jeannie. She was in All the Fine Young Cannibals. She was one of three actresses to play Beulah in the first sitcom to star a black person. Um, Hattie McDaniel played her, and then Ethel Waters played her, and then Louise Beavers played her. Wow. She was uh, born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Was she? Mm-hmm. And she was in the OG imitation of life with Claudette Colbert. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, this woman had quite a career. Unfortunately, she always played either a maid or another servant or a slave. Mm -hmm. But she had quite the career. Good. Good for her. I mean, it, unfortunately, she's got a great screen presence and persona, but it was only regulated to these parts. So on one hand, good for her. But on one hand, shame for us because she could have been great in so many different things. And we were mm-hmm. robbed of this talent. Mm-hmm. So there are my particulars. Thank you, Erin. Um. Now, disclaimer, it's Christmas season, and so we were going to do holiday movies, and I thought this was like a total Christmas movie, but Holiday Inn was about all the holidays. I didn't know. Well, 
it is on like all the classic holiday movies lists. Because White Christmas is in it. Yes, it is the debut. And it begins with Christmas and it ends with Christmas. Yes. Okay. So it starts, it's black and white. <laughs> More than you know. <laughs> it starts with um, people outside the Midnight Club. It's snowing. There are three boys playing a harmonica. And they're tap dancing. And Fred Astaire comes by. And he tap dances with them. And then Fred goes into a building. And then you see Bing Crosby going into a woman's dressing room. Uh, Fred was starting to go in there, but then he saw Bing and he, he moved. So you know there's something going on. Well, Bing is saying to the woman, it's our last night in show business. Um, I have the ring. I have the license. And she seems a little distracted. Like, oh, maybe this isn't quite what she wants. She doesn't and then seem super leaves. excited about this proposition she doesn't seem real ready to know mm, interesting then fred astaire comes in and he's like kissing her saying did you tell him did you tell him and it's obvious that she wants diamonds and furs in a penthouse oh. and what bing crosby wants to do is buy a farm and move to a farm oh yeah i want the diamonds in the penthouse yeah, sort of green acres at this point for me i go hmm this is fred astaire he's a weird looking dude he's kind of yeah he's very skinny he looks like a cross between a caricature brought to life and a balloon his head is very balloon shaped he's got a balloon head he does and a very pro he's got very prominent features: balloon head, big old chin, like weird nose, huge forehead, bigger than mine. It's a five head. <laughs> I mean, acres. That's saying something. And yet somehow he's able to pull it off. Where I'm, he I don't think he's ugly. He's not ugly. I'm just like, huh? He's not um gorgeous he's not handsome but he has a lot of charisma he does i was just like all right fred astaire all right so um fred says to the woman who i thought at this point was marjorie reynolds but then i i figured out oh it wasn't Ooh. um you love me and you want to keep dancing so if you can't tell him i will Okay, so we know what the score is right now. There is a love triangle right here in our midst between this woman and Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire. Mm -hmm. It is. And they kiss and she says, I love you and I love Jim. Jim is Bing Crosby's character. Mm. So... She loves both of them. Okay, so then it's the show, and um, there's a song and dance number. Yeah, and I got to say, for the first song and dance number, I'm like, Bing Crosby, Fred Astaire, together on the stage. It left me a little wet paper towel-y. Yeah. I was like, hmm, I kind of thought that maybe you guys could do better. 
The song is about um, both guys want the girl and the girl is saying, Hey, you're a great dancer and you're a great singer, but I want a great dancer and singer in one. Ah, so the girl is trying to be like, I'm going to marry both of you guys. And the three of us are going to live. What is that? Polyamorous, amorphous life or something. Exactly. Exactly. In 1942. (laughs) Yeah. And in this, you know, benefiting the woman. Okay. So um, then the, the number is over. I'm not going to go into what happens during the song and dance numbers. They're song and dance numbers. Yeah. So Fred and Bing are in the dressing room together. Fred's trying to tell Bing that, you know, he's going to, he's in love with Lila, Lila, um, who is the the woman and that she's not going to go off with him tonight and marry him. Not going to go off with Bing to marry Bing, right? Okay. Um, So their agent comes in. I like their agent. Their agent was always in a hurry. Actually, I looked up to see if he was Cesar Romero because he looked like a young Cesar Romero. I told you who he was. He was uh, Walter Abel. He was. And he says in front of Bing, hey, Fred Astaire, I've booked you and Lila 15 weeks um, in this in this club. And so Bing's going, whoa, what? So that's how Bing finds out that Lila's not going to marry him. He seems to take it really well. Well, he takes it really well because he's done. Like these guys, all they do is they perform. They make their, they sing, they basically sing for their supper, but they're on a circuit. They're doing pretty well for themselves. But Bing comes in the dressing room and tells Fred straight up. He's like, do you remember the last time we had a day off? And he says, no, it's like every single holiday we work because this is Christmas Eve. They're working. And he's just like, I just want to be lazy. I want a day like I just I want a holiday where I don't have to be working. We, I can't remember the last time I wasn't working. I just want a, the nice, relaxing life, the farm life. Exactly. So the next scene, it's New Year's Day, and Bing is at his farm. He's bought a farm. He's bought a farmhouse. Really, may I say, nice farmhouse. Um, so it's New Year's Day. Bing is at his farm, and he's doing all of his chores. And then it's Lincoln's birthday and he's in the barn. And then it's Valentine's Day and he's milking a cow. And it's Easter and he's plowing a field. And it's 4th of July and there are pigs. And he's not doing this well. No, he's not. You know, it's not like you could just step in. Um, so many people think, oh, I could I could be a teacher. You know, let me just go in there. It's not a, it's no big deal. And then they get in there and go, oh, my God. Well, that's pretty much what Bing was doing with the farm. Uh, he, Yeah, he didn't know how to do any of it. Well, it's Thanksgiving Day, and his alarm goes off at 345, and he's had it. He throws his alarm out the window. He um, throws his lamp. He tears up his pillow. So it's obvious that the farm life wasn't quite giving him what he wanted. No. Now we're back to December 25th. There's a telegram. Uh, and Bing Crosby's name in the in the mm-hmm. film is Jim, and Fred Astaire is Ted. 
Am I right about that? Does it matter? Okay, so the so the telegram comes to him. It says, Club Pierre, New York City, got great idea while resting up in the sanitarium. See you tonight. Merry Christmas. So he's sending that telegram to Fred Astaire. Right. Okay. Oh, so, so he that- calls his, because he's in, his uh, farm is in Connecticut. So yes. he calls it the sanitarium as a joke. Oh, I thought maybe he actually went to one because he did kind of crack up a little. <laughs> oh, okay. man. I didn't take it like that at all. <laughs> maybe. Huh. That's a new wrinkle. <laughs> So Bing goes in. He says, I've got this greatest idea. I'm going to turn my farm into an inn, and it's only going to be open on holidays. Hence, listeners, holiday inn. And I thought that was the dumbest idea I've ever heard. (laughs) Because people from New York City are going to drive out to Connecticut only for the holidays. Yeah. And may I share, in 42, Labor Day wasn't always on a Monday. Oh, really? No, that didn't, that that, that happened, that happened when I was in school. Oh, that happened in your lifetime. You saw that. I saw it. Oh, I saw so much yet. (laughs) I I saw that. And so, yeah. We'll we'll uh, get to February. (laughs) Well, there wasn't a President's Day then. There was an Abraham Lincoln's birthday, and it was celebrated on Abraham Lincoln's birthday, February 12th. And then there was George Washington on the 22nd. I think this movie might have killed that. Uh, This movie might single-handedly be responsible for just President's Day. (laughs) Yeah, much, much better. And trust me, there was no Martin Luther King Day. Okay, so anyway, that's his great idea. And he's brought with him homemade peach preserves for Fred Astaire, the girl, and the agent. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden, the peach preserves start to explode, which will happen if you didn't can them correctly because the gas is going to build up in there. I thought the whole point of canning it was to take out the gas, and that's well, why it trying, preserves If you don't it. do it right, you don't. Oh. So how do yeah. you get out the gas? Well, you have to you have to boil it in a hot water boil like I do with the salsa mm-hmm. until the the seal until the the top is sealed. Oh, you mean you jar it and yeah, then you can it. it. You, it's called canning, but but in glass jars with a with the ball jar top. Yeah. Yeah, but I never knew how it worked. Yeah. I know that like you put stuff in and you seal it up, but I didn't understand how the seal happens. But it, it has to get, get hot enough for it to create a vacuum seal. Ah. Yeah. Because if it's not, don't eat it because you're going to die. Okay. At this point, um, I guess uh, the agent was supposed to buy orchids for the girl. The girl is Lila. I'm sorry. I'm not being, I'm not showing her respect. Um, <laughs> she doesn't get any. Oh, wait. No, she, no, she doesn't get any either. So um, he runs into a flower shop that's just closing, and the shop girl is there, and she knows immediately that he's an agent for people in showbiz. Guess what? She can sing and dance a little. Mm-hmm. And the reason that she knows that he is a agent for show business is because she auditioned for him and told he was like, ah, 
Get out of here. Scram. Kick rocks. You suck. But Bing had given the agent cards saying, if you know of any new talent, I can't spend much money on him. But, you know, for my Holiday Inn. So he gives her a card for the Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. Okay. So well, that girl. He, he gives her a card because... He's like, all right, well, he remembers that he has to do being a solid. And he says, if you can get me these orchids, because there was something where it was like an impossible orchid deal, but she was able to like, all right, if, and so, you know, it was a quid pro quo kind of thing. Yeah, because um, Lila was being a diva and she had to have orchids in her dressing room. You know how you hear those crazy tales of people only drinking Evian water or something. And so only um, drinking Hendrix gin, nothing else yeah. will do these yeah. people. I swear those snobs. So, uh, that girl is Marjorie Reynolds. So she goes into the club cause she has delivered the flowers herself to make sure they got there. And she goes right up to Bing's table and she sits down at Bing's table. And this guy that's sitting there looks at her and he gets mad because he says, this table is only for the band. And he storms off. So you're like, ha, that was a joke. Yeah. And and it's very awkward um, because they don't know who the other one is. And it's like they're supposed to kind of know who the other one is. And uh, so anyway, during this awkwardness, Bing Crosby is telling the girl, Linda is her name, that he and Fred have always fought over the one girl in the act. Two guys, one girl. There's always going to be that tension, sexual tension, whatever. Okay. And so then she pretends like she's somebody. And she already knows Ted. Fred is there. And Ted, Fred. That's how I remembered it. Ah. And he's, she's going, yeah, you, I'm Linda Mason. And he's like, I mean, I'm supposed to know who that is, but I don't. So... So they pretended like they acknowledged that the other person, I don't know. Anyway, sexual tension. On stage, Fred and Lila are doing a song and dance. Uh, I did read in trivia that this was 42. So due to the war, there were a lot of shortages and rationing. And that they used every last bead in Hollywood on the dresses in this movie. Okay, you, so like, what do then, you mean? Like, oh, they had to, they had to go around in Hollywood and make a collection because we need, we need to get Virginia, what's her name's beads. Do you have any beads? Yeah, it was like it was like buying cocaine on the street. <laughs> hey, you holding? You holding? You got that oh, pearl? Man. You got I that pearl made bead? A mint bugle beads. I need the bugle beads. I need the silver bugle beads. I gotta have them. Bugle beads, bugle beads, yo, 5050. So Fred and Lila come over to the table and um, the, an argument ensues because Linda is saying she already knows Fred Astaire and Fred Astaire's going, I never saw her before. And Lila's jealous because Fred is always hooking up, though he doesn't look like he would. But he's a dancer. So he knows how to move. The hips don't he, lie. Well, there you go. Um, so there's arguing over whose friend Linda really is. And then the next scene, it's the Holiday Inn. 
And the taxi that gets you from the train to the Holiday Inn is a sleigh, a horse-drawn sleigh. Man. That was a dorps. <laughs> well, the taxi is bringing Linda there. And Bing is up uh, uh, trying to fix the sign that says Holiday Inn. And he falls off the ladder. He falls into her. They laugh at each other. And Bing calls for Mamie. It's Louise Beavers. And she has two little children with her. Daphne and Vanderbilt. Daphne and Vanderbilt. And they're adorbs. But they're always underfoot. And Mamie's trying to to say you you know you don't need to but they're always underfoot okay it's so that's three people of color yes so it's snowing there's a fire going and in the inn uh, bing and linda are discussing if the inn could work and she's going i happen to sing a little and dance a little just give me a chance and so bing says well i have written a musical number for each holiday. And he sings White Christmas. First time ever. And, um, you know, he's he's known as a crooner. He's got a weird voice to me. But he does something funny. He, uh, he's he so does, yeah, He does a bit of a vibrato once. Anyway, it's the first time we've ever heard White Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it does bring a tear to your eye, maybe. Okay, like, so. wow. The, this song is a hit. It's gonna be the this. Song, I think this song is the most. Um, oh, what's it called? It's like the best-selling single of all time. And remember, this was. I mean, the the war was starting up, so soldiers. It it became like an anthem for them because they were missing Christmas at home, which is. Just think about that for a minute. Okay, next we go to December 31st, New Year's Eve. New holiday, new scene. Um, And there's an ad in the paper saying there's going to be a capacity crowd at the Holiday Inn in Connecticut. And the farmhouse is all decked out. Right. And Bing and Linda are singing together at the Holiday Inn. They did it. They really, they got this thing up and running. And then a little, I felt it was a touch problematic to have the children dressed up as Father Time and Baby New Year. Well, here's my problem. So they have Father Time is the little boy. And Baby New Year is the girl who's older. How old do you think the girl is? Like seven? I would say six and four. I would say she's six and he's four. Okay, so the girl's six. She's baby New Year. So she's just wearing the diaper. And I was instantly, I knew that it was the girl. I was like, wait a second. Why is the girl shirtless and in the diaper when, and the little boy is Father Time? Like, the girl should be Father Time and the little boy should be baby New Year. I mean, yeah. if we're going to have it at all. It was like really weird. 
But it didn't need to happen. At it didn't all. need to happen at all. But it made it even weirder to me that like they put the little girl shirtless in the baby New Year. I was just like, oh, man, oh this is so weird. This felt like a problematic time, but trust me. So the agent walks in looking for Ted um, in New York and um, change of scenery. And there was a telegram from Lila on his desk that says she's marrying a millionaire and she's off to Texas. And there are lots of empty liquor bottles all around. So she has dumped Ted. So Ted is on his way to Connecticut. Now that we're in the kitchen at the Holiday Inn. um, This is the kitchen that is feeding all of these people. They have one cook. It's and who is that cook? It's Mamie. Mamie. Mamie is doing all of the cooking. I, first of all, they would need an industrial size kitchen yeah. for this uh, soiree and extravaganza. And they, they did not upgrade Mamie's kitchen to when they were doing the plans in the Holiday Inn. When Bing Crosby's like, I got this idea. It's going to only be open on the holidays. So that means it's going to be booked to capacity. And I'm going to blow out and I'm going to deck out this whole like farmhouse room. But maybe I'm going to give you a kitchen that is like probably okay for just a house. A farmhouse in the 1940s. Yes. And I want Which you- probably means a wood stove. Mm-hmm. So she probably has to cut the wood to put in the stove. To keep it going. Right. And didn't she always have a smile on her face? Because she was so happy. She could not be happier to be just at the whim and whimsy of these white folks. Yep. Yep. She was She was so happy to be doing this for them. Not, a, not another place in the world she would rather be. No. Because, you know, Bing is is always giving her compliments, saying what a great job. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. She, I, he didn't say anything. Uh, no, that didn't happen. No. Okay, well, but Bing and Linda do put on aprons to help um, dish up the food that she has cooked. But were they really helping? They it were was, just doing a scene. They were doing a scene, and I'm going, there are no rubber gloves. None. There is no quality control here. None. Okay. So it's New Year's. The crowd is there. A drunk Fred Astaire comes in, walking through the crowd. He bumps into Linda, and he does a dance with her. And he does a drunk dance. Yeah, and it's it's pretty entertaining. It is a drunk dance. It's Mm -hmm. really good. And then he just passes out on the floor. And uh, Bing sees it happening. He tries to get to her because remember, Bing and Fred have always fought over a girl. He Bing knows as soon as as soon as Fred lays his eyes on what's because honestly they look the same, Lila and Linda. Both, yeah, both blonde. Yeah, noodle-eyed. I <laughs> noodle-eyed. Did you say blue-eyed? Blue. Oh. Blue. Yeah. I was Ooh. just like, man, they is it just me? Is it me or do they really look alike? I told you I didn't know who was who. Okay, really. good. Okay, at this point Danny comes in. He's always in a rush. He um 
They take Fred Astaire upstairs because he's passed out. And Danny is so excited. Do you hear that applause? Because Fred Astaire has found his new partner. You know, he's lost Lila. So he's got his new dancing partner. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bing Crosby goes, here we go again. So the next morning, Fred Astaire's waking up in the, the drunken stupor. How'd I get here? He doesn't remember anything. Nothing. And Bing Crosby is telling him, you know, you don't need a girl in your act. You're a born soloist. And um, and he's also saying, because if you find the girl, you're going to fall in love with her. Mm-hmm. Well, Danny comes in and he's telling about this new girl who is his new partner. He's like, you killed it, son. You killed it. You have your new partner. And Fred says, well, who is she? What does she look like? And Danny's like, I didn't get a good look at her, kid. All I saw was her backside. And boy, what a backside. So this is, of course, right after New Year's. So the next holiday is in February. So I'm making the assumption that the next holiday is Valentine's Day. I thought, like, February, all right, here we go. It's Valentine's Day. Well, the scene starts, and I go, oh, my God, I can't count the number of people of color. I had Uh, to get up. I had to uh, go get a piece of paper because I'm like, wow, all of a sudden there's all these. Oh, But wait. My notes say, oh, shit. Problematic. Oh. It's not Valentine's Day, people. It's Lincoln's birthday, which doesn't sound like it should be problematic. No, it sounds like it should be a good thing. Okay, a car pulls up and Fred and Danny arrive because they're going to come every holiday to the Holiday Inn until they find his dancing partner. Well, Bing Crosby sees them coming and so he's got to stop them from recognizing that Linda was that dancing partner. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's not. Oh, this isn't going to be good. So Bing goes into Linda and he tells her that it would be a good idea to put on blackface. Oh, Bing. Because the whole band has on blackface. Oh, not only the whole band, the entire staff. All the servers. Everyone. Blackface. Every everyone who works for the holiday there is, is there are three people who do not have on blackface because <sighs> they were born three. with it. Yeah, but they're not allowed there. We don't see they're them. They're in the kitchen. They are they are not to be seen. It actually, like I just stopped and went. You have got to be kidding me. Ugh. It was so uncomfortable. Is this when, okay, so is this when you texted me? Yes. All right. So Ma watched this movie f- uh, feeling footloose and fancy free coming into it. She's just like, I got Bing Crosby. I got Fred Astaire. White Christmas is in it. What could go wrong? That was me. And then I get a text in the afternoon. From my mother. And it says in capitalized letters, OMG, 
this yesterday, so Friday, Pacific Standard Time, two thirty-two p.m. You're at work. OMG, ellipses. I apologize for this movie. The the scream emoji, the steam coming out of the nostril emoji, and huge big sad eye emoji. I instantly see this. Now, other people and their backgrounds being what they are probably are like, oh, I guess the movie's not very good or whatever. I instantly know, oh, my God, there's some racist bullshit in this film. (laughs) And not only is there some racist bullshit in this film, there's some super racist bullshit in this film. Because... I didn't get a text message of apology when she watched Day of the Ra- at Day at the Races with the Marx Brothers, and to get out of their madcap caper, they had to put oil grease on their face, and so they were in blackface. I didn't know. Nair a word. So when my mother has to text me an apology for this film. Now, I didn't Google it. I didn't look it up. I told other people about it. I was like, I don't want to know. But I knew that there was some. And so then I'm like, man, how racist was it that my own mother had to text me to apologize? So now let's rewind to the back of the to the beginning of this film and the way that I watched it. Universal Studios, arms are crossed. Gin (laughs) is in my hand, the last of the gin. And I'm like, all right, bitches, let's go. I hit play. The Universal logo comes up. I'm like, son of a bitch. I'm going to Universal Studios on Sunday. Seriously? And then the Paramount logo comes up, and I'm like, all right. And then there's, then it, uh their whole like thing and the, the harmonica playing and I'm like look at these little boys look at them what doing their little tap dancing and stuff little racist bastards and then then I see Fred well first of all as soon as I saw the name Fred Astaire I was like Fred Astaire is in some super racist shit what I expect this much from Bing Crosby, and I don't even know why. I would just, like, not... I'm like, yeah, Bing Crosby would be in some super racist bullshit. So, all right, we're fast forward. I don't even know what's going on. There was some sort of joke about Confederacy money crackling when they're talking back and forth. My arms are crossed, and I'm just like, all right, you two motherfuckers. So you're in love with the same broad, huh? And she's blonde. I see. All right, what else you got? They go up there, do they do their little dance? I'm like, I'm not impressed. You should have had the Nicholas Brothers up there. Now that's some dancing. <laughs> oh, I, I, I did not come into this movie unbiased at all. Super biased, because I'm, I'm preparing myself. I'm like, she texted to apologize to me. <laughs> so then you're going, he, Bing Crosby goes to the farm. I'm like, yeah, Bing. Looks like you could use yourself some free labor, doesn't it? Betty, bet you're wishing you had some slaves, don't you? And this farm, yeah, it's in Connecticut. Looks more like a plantation to me. 
So I'm already angry. I'm like, what is he gonna like say that he needs like slaves and stuff to do his farming for him because he can't do it himself? And so I'm just like, ah, this is America. And then when we continue, when we continue, he does the drunk dancing, the Fred Astaire, and I'm like, all right, Fred Astaire, you racist bastard. That was yeah. pretty entertaining. Yeah, he got some props for that. <laughs> all right. I see it. You were acting all drunk and stuff, but all right. Um, but I do prefer Gene Kelly. So then we get to February, and I'm like, man, because she she warned me, and she said, like, she texted to apologize. Then she tells me, when you watch it, call me, no matter what time it is. This woman goes to sleep at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> She knows damn well I'm not going to get to this movie until 9 o'clock Pacific time. It's going to be well past midnight. She's going to be asleep. And she and I'm like, Mama, you're going to be asleep. She's like, no, call me. I'm like, oh, my God, how racist <laughs> is it? So my mind, the, the dark places my mind is going to, I'm just thinking, like, but it's on all the holiday lists. Like, it can't, they can't, like, there's no lynching in this, is there? Like, how? How super racist can it be? I instantly know, though, since it's Holiday Inn, I'm like, I bet there's blackface. I bet that Did you there's... Went there. Yeah, because it's singing and dancing. And, yeah. you know, that's what they did is with the singing and the dancing, they would put on the old uh, blackface. So it gets to be February, and I'm thinking, man, Valentine's Day. And then they're like, no, Lincoln's birthday. And then I'm like, man, is that a Hispanic woman? That's a that? No, it's not. <laughs> Me too. What? I did the exact same thing. Oh my! And every all of like the the wait staff and stuff. I'm like, those aren't black people. There. And then you get to the band, and it's like everyone is in. second no 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 i'm sorry he goes yeah. in and he's like got a great idea i think this is gonna go over way better in blackface and then the woman is like i don't think that's a good idea and i'm like yes yes woman that is not there you go you tell him you tell but. him you don't want any and then she and then he's like but i really think it's gonna it's gonna kill baby and then she says oh but i want it to look so pretty implying that as soon as you put black and darken your skin that you cannot be pretty and i was just like fuck you you bitch <laughs> fuck bing crosby fuck your blonde ass so I'm like, oh man. And also, Ma told me, she's like, you're gonna, there's gonna be something, and you're gonna go, is that? And you're gonna, and yeah, it is. And it's gonna be bad. But there's something worse that happens. <laughs> I'm like, man. So then, like, you know, you realize the blackface. I'm like, all right, this is what she's talking about. And there we have, okay. And then you have the scene and the woman says that she was not going to be pretty, therefore implying that anyone who's dark is inferior and not can never be pretty. I'm like, oh, this is a tough pill to swallow. 
and then we were time for the performance and it's Bing Crosby coming out total blackface and he's singing in what do they call that dialect like slave dialect like that's that's the best we can do you know super offensive and he's singing this song Abraham which is about Abraham Lincoln and how Abraham Lincoln is so great because he freed well I guess he freed us meaning the black-faced uh Bing Crosby because Bing Crosby's singing it as well he's not a black man he's a caricature of a black man for all these white people to gaze upon and enjoy it's not it's not even like a funny thing it's it's so weird it, they're celebrating Lincoln's birthday and they're doing the whole thing in blackface. And then it cuts away. So you're inside, you know, you're at dinner, you're having a theater. Blackface Bing Crosby comes out singing of old Abraham. And then it cuts to Mamie and Daphne and Vanderbilt singing in the kitchen, also singing the song, asking, asking the people... Who was it that freed the darkies? And I'm like, oh, maybe. Oh, did you have kids and put them through college? Oh, <laughs> uh, because it doesn't make sense. Because how Mamie's not even a, like Mamie and Vanderbilt and Daphne are not even allowed to be on. There's no way they're allowed to be on the stage because they're black. No, they're not even allowed to be in the dining they're room. They're not even allowed to be in the dining room. So why are you cutting away to them singing? Who, what, like, yeah, it was Lincoln. And then, oh, man. So you're like, this is bad. Oh, man. And then, take it away, Ma. Well, and then Linda comes out in blackface. Because remember, Bing didn't want her recognizable to uh, Fred Astaire. And her hair is... Um, oh, it's just bad. Well, it's just very racist. It's just, it's, it's sticking so up. bad. She has braids going, sticking straight out of her head, going all different directions. She's got the whole minstrel thing. Cause Bing Crosby had the, like he was in blackface, but he didn't have like the, the extra, like the, you know how like, they would put, it would be light around the lips and stuff to make the lips like over big and he didn't have like, like it wasn't like white around his eyes and stuff not to, like it's still super offensive but he wasn't he, the, uh, well anyway so what's her face comes out and she's like as offensive as offensive can get as offensive as as can possibly be like has the huge big lips then now all these people want and spend money and inject liquid cement into their faces to attain yeah and yeah it's it's so you're just like oh man this is this is this is tough this is this is a a, it was a tough pill to swallow this is this is tough and then you're like so does megan kelly watch this and go but they're paying homage to lincoln and they're like being because they're as black people so it's fine is that how like people rationalize it it? yeah because i would say 
being. You could have just been a white guy and still have sung the praises of Lincoln free and the slaves. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't need to be like, I got to be a black man to sing this song. And then with the, with the, with the white cotton hair. Oh yeah. Cause he was an old black man. Yeah. It was just really, and so from then on, I was just pretty, I checked out. Yeah. Ma, so then from then on, we were both watching the movie the same way. Because that's how I went into the movie. And so then I said, so then I called you. And I had to make. It was 12.20 my time, and I was asleep. And I had to make sure that there wasn't anything else. I was like, well, is there anything else? Because then by my calculations, we have Washington's birthday. So what what shenanigans am I in for then? And she was like, no, that's it. She she did ask if they lynched the children. I was like, well, do they lynch the children? That did not happen. No, there were no lynchings. There Thank were, goodness. There were no hey, lynch. whole bunch of white people are looking for entertainment in the 1940s. I don't think I'm too out of line asking. And the crowd ate up the performance. They did enjoy the performance. So much so that um, uh, Bing Crosby said to Fred Astaire afterwards, hey, the crowd loved the blackface, didn't they? Think we should do the the next holiday in blackface? (laughs) And Fred Astaire goes, no. And I was like, you know what, Fred Astaire? You... We're in this movie, but you did not participate in these shenanigans. He did not. And he did when not. Bean Crosby was like, oh, uh, Washington's birthday coming up. You, I got an idea. The blackface killed. Fred Astaire was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. No, so no. I didn't do any research. I don't fully know. But I was like, all right, Fred Astaire. Now, while Bing Crosby was putting the blackface on Linda... They were having a discussion about, you know, if it starts to go well here, maybe you could live here full time. And she's going, is that like a proposal? And he's going, well, you know, there's no money right now. But and so they're maybe engaged. Oh, see, I missed all of that. Yeah, you would have. I did not. I all over went completely over my head because I was I was too mad just sitting cross armed just cursing these people out. Right, Aaron was checked out. I was like, "Fuck you, you fuckers." Okay, so the crowd is leaving. They had a great time, and Fred and Danny, the agent, are still looking for the woman and and Danny has to look at her from the back because he only saw her from the back. Well, Bing sees them, so he walks uh, Linda down the different staircase and leaves her outside for the taxi to come get her. Danny sees her waiting outside. She gets in the sleigh, and Bing delays them while she gets away. And, okay, so now, remember, this was February 12th. Two days later is, indeed, Valentine's Day. Um, so, um, Bing tells, uh, Linda that he has a surprise for her on Valentine's day. And so she comes down to rehearse and it's, uh, he's written a song for her called be careful. It's my heart, which is another snooze fest. Yeah, and I was just like, this sucks. 
And he's singing it as Fred Astaire comes in behind him and Fred and Linda start dancing together and they have a dance number, blah, blah, blah. Bing is at the piano. He's looking sick. Um, well, yeah, because he knows that he just lost a girl again. Exactly. Where have you been since New Year's? And then she realizes that Bing Crosby's been holding out on her. And um, Fred Astaire says, you know, I'm going to come and I'm going to be here for your show. And he goes, maybe I don't want you in my show. Blah, blah, blah. Back yada, and forth. Yada, back and yada, yada. You know. Okay. So now it's Washington's birthday. And for Washington's birthday, they're doing the French minuets. Yeah, because it's the pow- they're wearing the powder wigs. I guess if you want to be extremely generous and live in a dream world, they're doing whiteface. But that's bullshit. <laughs> but you're wrong, and that's a bullshit interpretation. I I mean, I know that Lafayette, you know, if you've seen Hamilton, Lafayette was very influential back then. And But I didn't understand... I mean, the band was dressed up like, um, like the American Revolution soldiers. Yeah, because it was Washington. That was fine, but they were doing the French minuet. Yeah, because that's like what they would do. That beep beep. Like but that they was were dressed big. up as you know, with the French, with the hair sticking st- up, 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 like, uh, like. Um, yeah, because it was uh, costumey. Not, not Marie Callender. <laughs> Marie Antoinette. Antoinette. But still, I just yeah, so it was obviously a at this point, and then I'm it, pretty checked out. Yeah, and it's there, it's there because he wanted to do it, um, you know, because my man wanted to bust out the blackface again, and Astaire was like, "No, I got a different idea. I want to do something romantic and stuff." Because he wants to dance romantic with this girl, and so they're doing this. Yeah, your ballroom minuet sort of. It's that you know, old-timey Mozarty dancing with the tights and all that shit. And every time they get to go close, because my man's over there on the piano, he speeds up the tempo. And also the drummer was in on it too with him. So he, yeah, so that's like supposed to be comedy, but I'm like, I'm not laughing at you fuckers now. Right, exactly. He was like... This is not entertaining enough. And the songs were stupid. Oh, this was a dumbass song. Oh, man. All except for White Christmas, really. I mean, whew, okay. I mean, if you're going to give me some racist bullshit, at least have entertaining moments. Gone with the wind. You had a lot of entertaining things. The the horse died, you know. You had all, like, Rhett Butler and Scarlett being all, you know, out of her mind, saying crazy-ass lines and shit. Like, at least you're like, all right. This, like, Snoozeville. It re- yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. I was totally, I was just so turned off after this. So we'll just go through. Uh, yeah, just yada yada. Yeah, Fred goes into Linda's room, says, your future starts tonight, and she says, I promise to be in Bing's shows for the rest of the year. And um, Fred goes, are you engaged? And she says, sort of. And so so Fred goes, oh, it's on because she's only sort of engaged. And Bing was like, yeah, we're sort of engaged. And so he's going, well, I'm going to get her. And then you know? it's like, Fred, man, you're not a good friend. 
how many times have you done this to your the guy that you say your friend? Oh, albeit he's a racist asshole, but still, if I'm if I'm supposed to be watching this movie, trying to be objective in it, then I'm like, you're being a dick right now because you're like, oh, yeah. sort of. It means that she hasn't committed, so I have a shot. It's like obviously they're not really friends. They're right, fr- and and it, he just wanted to one up um, Bing Crosby. Yeah. So then it's Easter, blah, 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 blah. Then it's 4th of July, blah, 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 blah. Oh, well, 4th of July, there is Fred Astaire, and he does do a dance, dances with firecrackers, solo dance. That was cool. So, that was cool. I mean, you can YouTube that clip. Because evidently the, the firecrackers were in the floor, and somebody was hitting them just on the right beat when he would tap. He was a tap dance number. Mm-hmm. That was that was worth seeing. Yeah, that was it worth was seeing. Not the Nicholas brothers. I was just gonna was say, cool. get out of my head, ma. I mean, if you want some fantastic, I'm telling you, that Nicholas brother. What movie was that? Stormy weather. I mean, I think it was. That is just yeah. stop what you're doing right now and watch this, and then you tell me it's 1942 and they couldn't hire anybody. Was like, oh man, you you know what? Your idea could have worked. You could have had fantastic entertainment, but your bigoted ass didn't want to. Exactly. Because the people of color need to be back there serving people, not actually being part of the entertainment. And they were so much better. But anyway, that was, that was. That was, that was pretty good. I was, I uncrossed my arms and placed them in my lap. I actually, I, I did not fast forward through that number and I did fast forward through several. Oh, wow. I did. Yes, I did. Okay, well, Gus, the sleigh driver, now has a... What kind of car was that, Aaron? It was... Gus it was, was a, treating it like it was a Model T, but that looked like a, like a 1940s like automobile. It had the wood on the sides, a woody. Yeah. Anyway, Gus can't drive it well. Anyway, what happens is he goes to pick up... Well, Lila's Linda. back in town. What? I didn't hear you. Well, Lila. Lila sends a telegram, or somebody knows that Lila, her, that guy wasn't a millionaire that she ran off with to Texas. So Lila's, uh, she needs a meal ticket, so she's going to come back to Fred. I guess she has heard that Fred is doing his holiday and shenanigans, and so she's coming to connecticut to um you know apologize and uh have him look after her and i'm thinking that danny might have gotten in touch with her because danny has arranged for two hollywood types to come and watch the fourth of july show and it's supposed well it wouldn't have been danny anyway no it's I supposed think what's to his be face got it oh my man bing I think yeah. he got it, and he was like, "Oh, she's available. That's great. She'll come out here. He'll fall. He'll get back together with her, and then I get to be with uh, Linda." Linda. So, um, so Gus is supposed to um, waylay Linda so that she doesn't actually make it in time for the show because Bing doesn't want the Hollywood types to see her. Yeah, and then Lila. Linda figures this out. See, they even have the same name. Yeah, Lila it, Linda. They, they do. Although I did, I the corners of my mouth did go up a little when Gus is driving and he picks up. I don't honestly, I don't know who it was. The first woman. 
don't know who this whatever that would have been linda yeah all right picks her up and i know like the ruse is on because he was given 10 bucks to kind of like and she's like you're taking the wrong turn you're taking a wrong turn where are you going and then he just drives right into a lake right into it just right into a lake i was just like damn and then she's you know angry and of course she's in a white suit and he gets out of the car and the car's half submerged into the lake and he goes to open the hood because <laughs> that's <laughs> that was funny because that's gonna do something and so then she's like all right well carry me to the side and so of course like he you know carries her and then drops her into the so then she's all wet she goes out and then she finds lila lila's driving to the holiday right. inn so then so then she picks up linda so it's lila and linda are in the car together because they're going to the same place and then linda who is the one that's soaking wet the new girl number two we should have just called her exactly she um surmises that this is number one and hears about the hollywood types and so she knows that if they both get there, then um, the ho- then she's going to dance and she's going to get to go off with the Hollywood types with Fred. So at some point, she doesn't she get behind the wheel or does she, or does she stay and just tell, gives her directions? Um, yeah, that's it. She says, I know a shortcut. You want to get there. And then the, that car ends up in the lake as well right right next to the other car like the studebaker or whatever it is and so then they both get out and start walking oh no she leaves her in the car and she's like all right she says i know there's a farmhouse up above i i'm gonna go get help yeah so number two is very cunning of course the bitch and so she walks back to the place Oh, yeah, the inn. So eventually, Linda and Fred start dancing. The Hollywood people are there. Now it's um, Thanksgiving. There's snow. And, oh, oh, because Linda and Fred actually went to Hollywood. Yeah. And they're going to make a movie about the Holiday Inn, about how this inn um Ha- celebrates each holiday with a song and dance number. Yeah, wait till it's Lincoln's birthday. So they <laughs> have a drink. So they go to Hollywood. Well, that leaves Bing in Connecticut all by himself. It's Thanksgiving, it's snowing, and the Holiday Inn is closed. And Bing Crosby's at the piano. He writes a letter to Linda saying he's, uh, because he's supposed to be writing the music and sending it to Hollywood. And he's sorry that the last piece of music is late, uh, but the inn has been so busy. Oh, by the way, congrats on your engagement to Fred. I saw it in the paper. Well, Mamie comes in with, what kind of food, Aaron? Hot food. Oh. I was like, I don't, I don't know, white people yeah. food? Because Mamie's saying the food is hot. Eat it now while it's hot. <laughs> it's, it's just because Mamie never got a hot meal. That's true. She never did. She never got a hot meal. So that's so, why she wanted her food so hot. So um, Bing puts a record on the record player. 
And um, he's saying he's got the record is saying there's plenty I'm thankful for. And he is saying, yeah, yeah, like I have anything to be thankful for. There's this huge ass turkey in front of him. He's got all this food that Mamie has cooked. And you to, know it's to, delicious. To feed a whole lot of people. You know there's a whole lot of pork fat in there. There's a whole lot of salt. It's going to taste good. And Mamie comes in and she says, even, you Mamie, ain't hold on, at a bite. Mamie even learned how to make green bean casserole. Well, she had peas there. Oh. Um, and um, he goes, I'm pouting. And she goes, well, a slicker stole your gal. You need to go to Hollywood and tell her how you really feel. I knows Miss Linda. So she was doing the whole. Well, she had oh, to. She, it's not like she had a choice. It's like She's like, guys, do you mind if I just speak from the heart? And Can like, I just no. say, I know Miss Linda. You know, I, I spent time with Miss. Okay. No. I knows Miss Linda. Okay. Now it's December 24th. Well, again, wait a second. Remember? You're just glossing it over. Mamie has to fix this man's life. So it's the scene where Mamie, you know, he, where's Mr. Mamie? Huh? We don't know. Maybe he's off fighting the war. Maybe he's a Tuskegee Airman. Maybe they made the movie Memphis Bell about him. He's keeping all those bombers safe because he's escorting them only to That's come back not, home. I choose to believe that. To be treated horribly. But anyways, so Mamie has all of this. She's got her kids downstairs. She's got to raise them. And she now she has to put this man's life back together because he's too dumb to realize what he needs to do. Exactly. And she does it with a smile on her face. Which because she, she's so happy to be serving this man. Because she has to. Okay. December 24th again. We're in a dressing room. Fred Astaire is going to be getting married to Linda tonight. And he's going, I've been close to a marriage before. And, uh, you know, it hasn't worked out. Well, Bing shows up. They're shooting the finale of the movie tonight on Christmas Eve. And um, Danny, the agent, and Fred Astaire lock Bing in a closet because they know he's going to be trouble if Linda sees him. But there's a back door to the closet. So he goes out the back door, locks them in a room. Jim's on the set. Uh, it's an exact replica. Imagine how they could have done that. I don't know. It's almost as if they just like used the set. And then the set. Do you think they used the, the same set? Not only do I think that they used the <gasps> same set for this, I think they used this 12 years later in White Christmas. Very possibly. Because it was. Because it's possible. Because it was. It's fact. Okay. Well, Jim goes on the set and he says, the only thing is that Christmas tree needs to be pulled out a little. He goes, pulls it out. He sits at the piano. He puts his pipe on the piano. Evidently, the first time he sang White Christmas, he used his pipe to hit bells on the Christmas tree. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Linda um, is coming up in the sleigh and she's looking sad. The director tells her notes, blah, blah, blah. Well, Danny and Fred are locked out of the soundstage because now they are actually filming and they do the white Christmas music on the set. Linda's walking around the room. She goes, she sits at the piano. She's crying. She picks up the pipe. She realizes 
It's Bing's pie. Bing's pie. And she uses it to hit the bells. And then Bing starts whistling. And I don't know why the sound guy just didn't jump up and be like, who the fuck is whistling? Exactly. <laughs> and he starts singing with her. Hey, nobody's saying anything. Nobody's yeah. saying anything. Then she goes over to where he is. Like, where, I don't know, like, what is that? A half door thing. And then he comes through. And then when he comes through, then they go, who is this guy? Cut. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So she runs to him. Uh, It's New Year's Eve. It's the reopening of the Holiday Inn. Uh, The three of them are on stage. They're doing the original song from the very beginning when the girl is saying, you can sing. The other dude can dance. Uh. But Lila goes on stage. Now it's two couples. Fred and Lila, Bing and Linda. And it snows and that's the end. Yeah, there you have it. That would be Holiday Inn. I suggest if you want to hear White Christmas, actually watch White Christmas. Yeah. So let's see. Irving Berlin could not read sheet music, it is said. Um, for the drunk scene, Fred Astaire had two drinks of bourbon for the first take, and then after each take, he and then before each take, he would drink another um, drink of bourbon, and the take used was the seventh take. So he was pretty loosey goosey. Uh, allegedly, the set was used for White Christmas. Irving Berlin won an Oscar for White Christmas. He presented it to himself. That's nice. Um, this has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is very dis- it's depressing. It's one of me. the most enjoyable films of all time. That's depressing. Well, because this is what happened, Ma. See, people, um, when I, because I was like, what? And then this is what you always hear with this, because it's 1942. And so people always say, Yes, but the time. But at the time. Okay, Megan Kelly. But at the time, like they it would they would do that and it's not still not okay. Okay, here's my thing. So I got to thinking. 1865 was mm-hmm. when the 13th Amendment was ratified. Yep. This movie takes place in 1942 so that's 77 years so when they're doing when they're doing the lincoln's birthday and they're singing about um how lincoln freed the slaves which i would like to point out contrary to my fairfax county virginia public school education (gasps) lincoln freed the slaves um, but he had to fight a war to do it. It wasn't as if everyone was like, guys, slavery, it's bad. It's always been bad. Has there ever been a time when slavery was okay? Like, didn't Moses say, hey, Pharaoh, let my people go? So it's not as if we can look back in history and be like, ah, oh, slavery. Was, there was a time when it was good. Was there? No. 
<laughs> no, the answer to that is no. And so if if the answer to the question is, was there, and you, you're thinking about it, and you say that, and you have an answer that is other than no, you're a racist. Okay? <laughs> like, you just are. Because mm-hmm. slavery, there was never a time when slavery was good. So 1865, right. 77 years later, they're singing this song in blackface. Okay? So... It's not okay. It's so then I was thinking, I was like, all right, well, there's 77 year difference. So it's 2018. So what was 77 years ago? 77 years ago from 2018 was 1941. This movie came out in 1942. So it was pretty much filmed in 1941. So it's the, right. the way that we look at this film is the way that they were looking back at slavery. And nobody ever was, well, people were but those people are racist saying like, Oh, slavery was wrong. Blackface was never. Okay. There was never a time when it was okay. The only reason that you could say, Oh, it was the times was because white people were in charge of everything. So if you're able to watch this movie and you're able to compartmentalize it and just say, ah, it's, it was just this one scene. But other than that, it's a great holiday film. And it was just the times. Congratulations. You're, like, I, I don't want to say lucky, but that's, that's a privilege that I don't get to have. I don't, right. get to, I don't get to sit and watch this film and think, oh, it was the times. It was okay. Because to minorities, there was never a time. In 1941, 1942, when this movie came out, Black people weren't watching it and going like, ha, ha, bing. Man, oh, these times. You nailed it, Bing. Oh, you, you nailed you it. You nailed it. You got me, Big. Man, what an entertainer. No. And Marjorie Reynolds with her hair sticking straight out. That no. was so good. Yeah, it was never okay. Like, it's always, it's always been bad. So the when you say to people, oh, it's because of the times, Okay, you know, like everybody's allowed to have their opinion, but I'm just going to give a different perspective. When you're when somebody tells because there I was reading, there was it's got a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. There are film critics who they say everything and then they go out of their way to say, "Oh, it's because of the times." And they're doing all of this stuff. And all of these film critics, I'm going to make the blanket statement, of course there could be one or two that's not, but they're all white. And they're trying to white explain to me why it's okay for them to like this film because you don't need to tell me because of the times i know what the times were i've opened books i've read i'm well aware of the times this is just another bit of propaganda of reminding black people putting them in their place making them like reminding hey these people are inferior to us and it was really wild that it's to Lincoln. Like, they're singing a song about Lincoln freeing the slaves and stuff, and yet they feel like they have to do it in blackface, and you're putting, and like, yeah, you might be free, but you're still not one of us. You yeah. can't be here. You can't participate, and we're going to laugh at you at your expense. It's never been okay to make fun of everybody, anybody. So it's never been okay to use blackface. You want to say, oh, there's the times, and it was fun. That wasn't okay. Was it like, oh, the times, it was fine. Like, you could go to lynchings and that was like a good time. No, it wasn't. You're a racist asshole. <laughs> like, 
that's the way that the world works. You know the difference. You knew, people knew that slavery was wrong when they did it. You know why they did it? Because money. Because, like, we get a workforce. We don't have to pay them. We can pay, put all that money in our pocket. This, they were, they made it out and wrapped themselves. The Bible Belt, Christians. It's in the Bible, Moses. Slavery, it's bad. But you still go and you do it. And you know why? Because of the money. And then you rationalize it to yourself. And you say, well, the reason that I can treat and own a person like their property is because they're not a person and they're inferior. And they're lesser. They're lesser. And then people are like, no, that's not true. You can't have slaves. And they're like, fuck you, I can't have slaves. And they're like, no, you're not allowed to. And they're like, no, we're allowed to. It's our right as a state to do whatever the fuck we want. And they're like, no, you can't. And then it's like, well, I guess we're going to go to war. We're going to have a really bloody war. A lot of people are going to die. You lost the war. Guess what? We don't, we're going to like free the slaves. And they're like, yeah, you can free the slaves. But you know what? We're still going to make, they're still not us. We're still going to remind them. How are we gonna remind them? We're gonna put our like black face. We're gonna have like, like black people. We're all, every time we use black people. Do you think that it's a coincidence that Mamie is smiling all the time, like she's happy? Look, and then then you go. This movie was a huge hit. All these audiences going to see it, and they're looking. They're like, look at Mamie though. She's happy. She's happy to be waiting on this white guy. Mm-hmm. Look at how happy she is. See? Look how well fed her children are. Look how are. well fed her children are. It's fine. It's the why doesn't Mammy get to get up there and dance? Get up there and sing. We heard when she was asking who freed the darkies has a lovely voice. <laughs> you know? No. We get we get to see this. Well, think of all the talent that this country has just wasted all of the greatness that we have not seen just because, ah, oh, the color of your skin. It's the dumbest thing ever. And then what's even dumber is to come at me with this, well, but it, it was the times. Fuck. It was, the, that's, the, that's what was happening at the time. Fuck you. It was, well, it wasn't yeah, okay I was then. So, yeah. I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed. So I'm never picking another movie again. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you, but it's really interesting though, is because it's on every list, but it's not, it's not vaulted up there. And the reason it isn't is because people know like, well, there's the scene and even there's some like oxygen hallmark or whatever, they'll cut the scene out. Right now, now you can see the movie, but without that. But a lot of, but like Turner classic movies, they won't cut it out because they're not into cutting stuff out like that. So well, your, your poppy remembers seeing it when he was little and it would, because he was in Lexington, Kentucky at the time they had one TV station and they would play it. And yeah. they, they had that part in it in the 60s. So why don't you do what Atticus Finch told us to do and put yourself in another person's shoes. And when you watch this, if you can if you can rationalize it and say, but, well, it was the times and stuff. Like, how would you feel? Well, how would you feel if this is like you don't you don't get to see yourself on television. You don't get to see black people on television. But when you do see them, what do you see? You either see blackface, doing caricatures, doing a dialect where, you know, speaking in a way that is uneducated. uneducated, or you see a servant happy 
happy and just oh you know smiling and super happy to be waiting on white people that's all you see and then just they're just living the good old life i mean like you can you can rationalize it because you get that luxury and that privilege because you have other things you're not looking at it so just i just asked to just a little bit of a change of perspective you know don't don't come at me anytime with that. Oh, it was because of the times. You don't have to tell me what the times were. It wasn't okay then. There are people. The NAACP was out there. There are people who were like, "That's bullshit. Fuck this." It just wasn't you because it wasn't offensive to you. You meaning white America? True. True. Okay, well, uh, Marjorie Reynolds' singing was dubbed by Martha Mears. Who's Martha Mears? I have no idea. And the hotel chain Holiday Inn was named after this movie. So if you want to spend your money there, go ahead. Holiday Inn. Yeah. I thought you were geniuses. You came up with Holiday Inn Express. Man, no thank you. That's all I got. Man. Oh, yeah. I got nothing else. Yeah. We're spent, people. We're spent. Yeah. I, I almost listen to Christmas music and like Bing Crosby comes on. And apparently Bing Crosby was fantastic friends with Louis Armstrong. Was he? Yeah. I mean, doesn't mean that he wasn't a racist. I don't know how much of a racist he was. If he was huh. one at all. I'm going to say he was just based on the blackface. You could say like, oh, it was the times he was performing. But again, he knew. Yeah. But I would like to know, you know, of musical numbers, February comes up. Why did you go for Lincoln? <laughs> what? But they even, they went for Lincoln, Valentine, and Washington. Oh. Yeah. I ew, uh, and uh, also, all right, taking like just racism out of the question. That's a lot of work. Like all the and super messy. That was a lot of makeup. A lot of makeup. I thought this was during the war. Isn't that all oil based? <laughs> well, they were on rationing and yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. How could yeah. how could they afford? You, you told me that we had to have every single last bead to make the woman's dress. But when saying. it came to this blacking up everyone in this film, no. And you saw when he was trying to black her face. It, it, that was not an easy task. Yeah. And then plus, just think of like how dirty that place got. All the smears yeah. everywhere. Like, yeah. ah, so much work that went into this racism. It wasn't like it was just lazy racism. This is like, they had to put elbow grease into this racism. Yeah. Man, and then think of the pipes. They probably needed new pipes. The water supply. Yeah. All of that went back into the water supply. Man. Okay, let's move on to next week. All right. So, next week, this was a movie... Truth that, be told, Erin felt a little entitled to pick whatever she wanted oh, for yeah. next week. I was like, what am I going to pick? What do I feel like watching? 
now. And so I'm looking at these movies, and I gotta say, oh, there was a lot of movie, a lot of holiday movies. I was like, oh, you know, there's The Bishop's Wife. I mean, we could go right into White Christmas, do a nice back to back. You got your Miracle on 34th Street. And then yeah, we haven't done that one. I know we haven't done it, uh, but I was just like, man. So I'm just looking there. I'm scrolling through all these classic. Uh, I did a Google search for classic Christmas movies, and this one popped up, and I didn't know that it was a Christmas movie. And so hmm. I click on it, and I'm kind of like, because honestly, I got preoccupied, and I forgot that I had to pick until right before she we were starting does. this, so and I'm funny. like, oh no. And so then I see this and then I'm like trying to read it and I don't see anything about Christmas. And then I go to another list and it showed up on there. And I'm like, well, you know what? Huh. I'm going with this movie. So my pick for next week. 1983. 1983 you were three years old 1983 a film starring Dan Aykroyd and one Edward Murphy 1983. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. He Trading was, he was, Places. Trading Places. That is a Christmas movie. That's what we're doing. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yep. Trading Places. I oh, think I wow. saw it when I was super little, but I'm like, you know what? I need some Eddie Murphy in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I can... I can guarantee that it will be a fun week next week. Hell yeah. Okay, listeners, trading places next week. There you have it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.